Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. On for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number two, going to talk some Big 12 with Matt Postens, Heartland College Sport coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Trent and I will go on record, pick our division winners. Is after all, it is opening day, but a threat of rain, really. It is. You were kidding. You were pulling my leg, weren't you? Thunderstorms, 5 o'clock in the D.C. area. Tarp is on as they cut on ESPN. It's 2020, Trent Condon, after all. Uh, can't just, just be smooth, can no, it? No, never is this year. Unbelievable. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, joins the program. Hello, Mark Morehouse. What's kept you busy, my friend? How's things? Great. Um uh, working on a story about uh, this group in Sipton wants to put up a statue recognizing Frank Kinney Holbrook, who played uh, a Tipton grad, uh, African-American gentleman, uh, one of the first, I want to say, and I haven't done all my reading that I needed to do to write this story yet, but I want to say the first black uh, college athlete in the state of Iowa. So they went, uh, five guys in Tipton didn't even realize he was from Tipton. Hmm. Uh, one of them was a teacher. He wants to kind of incorporate that. Uh, wants to make a package so teachers can incorporate that in their curriculums. So it's something they didn't know in their hometown and something they're, you know, uh, sort of uh, championing now. And they, uh, it sounds like the statue thing could, could happen. It's going to be about 50K and uh, there's a GoFundMe. And that, that's, that's one story I'm working on, though. That's one story away from the trash heap that I'm working on. <laughs> Mark Morales, Cedar Rapids Gazette, is our guest. Well, hopefully soon, Mark, we'll be talking about, you know, training camp battles, et cetera. What is the in the back of your mind? What is Iowa's biggest battle uh, at training camp this year? Might it be you know, the linebacker spot? What is what? What are we going to go to camp talking about? Seems like even though there's going to be a new quarterback, we know who the new quarterback is going to be. Offensive line seems set. I think it's fair to say defensively they got some help uh, on the defensive line with some of the transfers coming in uh, late in the late in the game, albeit, but still, what's the biggest battle? Uh, I think you're right, Ken, about quarterback. I don't. There's no question who the quarterback is. It's just what kind of quarterback Spencer yeah. Peters is. So we'll we'll see there. Uh, I think the offensive line has a few battles. One guy I expect, and one guy I think had a fabulous uh, Holiday Bowl, Mark Hallenberger. I expect mm-hmm. him to be a really valuable swing guy this year. Saw some real growth in his game. He played every snap in the Holiday Bowl. I I kind of have expect high expectations for him this year. He uh, I think the light's going on. Um, I, I think that, I don't want to say it's any one position, although they are looking for a corner. I think they have capable bodies there, either Julius Brents or Riley Moss. I think, you know, it's important to have one of those guys. And I think one of those guys still probably sticks in the rotation and might have a shot at, uh, uh, uh the cash safety, you know, depending on what happens in safety, because they have a position open there too. 
But I think the biggest thing for me is on defense, and it's a generating pass rush. And that's, you know, I think they have a lot of good bodies. I think they have about eight bodies. Uh, Jack Heflin coming over from, he's the tackle coming over from Northern Illinois, really helps. But I think generating pass rush, they don't have an age gap in and that was the great eraser for that defense last year. What can you tell us about Jack Kerner, the former Dowling Catholic, yeah. uh, had the just a horrific accident that happened down in Missouri at the Lake of Ozarks. What's the latest on him and the chances of him being available to play football this fall? It sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, at least last time we talked to Kirk uh, last week, he he mentioned Jack, and it sounds like everything is okay there. I, I, I'm not sure if there's tra- uh, mental trauma from the accident. It, didn't sound, it sounded pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think maybe there's some you know some issues there, but I think overall body wise, I think he's okay. And uh, I thought what Kirk said about Jack last uh, last week was encouraging. Yeah, that's the way I took it as well. But you're right, Mark. It's, it seems like, uh, and understandably so, that this was just you know you know blink and forget about it and move on. At least most people don't, and certainly understand right. uh, that he's got to be having some uh, troubles getting through that. You know, we were supposed to be in Chicago at Big Ten Media Days this week. Trent and I love it, but you're okay with the fact that um, you know if they are if they do go you know virtual in the future, that if it's an online media day experience going forward, you'd be one of the ones who would be in favor of doing that. We love Chicago. What don't you like about it? Uh, I just think the, the 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 how they present media day is it's really changed over the years and I'm very, I'm selfish. The old way was you sat down at a ta- each player was at a table for 2 hours. Each coach was at a table for 2 hours. Yeah, there were some tables you couldn't get around. I mean, you had uh, Jim Harbaugh's table had a rings of Saturn <laughs> around it, same with Urban Meyer. But back in those days, you could actually have conversation. Uh, I think uh, radio guys could go up and do, you know, five, maybe get two to five minutes yeah. in. You know, what you guys, your interviews run about two to five minutes. Uh, you were able to get those. Now it's uh, open. <laughs> it's a platform. And, and I, you know, I, I can't complain because we are talking about, I mean, this is the, the most first world problem there is. <laughs> right. But now it's really kind of open range. You know, anybody could come up and it's hard to have a flow to the conversation mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it's it is good. It's valuable for getting a few quotes. Uh, last year, I got uh, Bruce Feldman for a few minutes. He was an excellent gentleman, by the way. Uh, was very patient with me and gave me a few minutes talking about Kristen Wirfs being the, you know on his freak list last year, leading his freak list. So it's good to kind of hook up and get some of those sort of networking things. But yet, you, you, Chicago, you can't go wrong with. I mean, let's get, don't get me wrong there. I mean, it's one of the best food cities in the, in the nation. Yep. But uh, just just the setting, and I'm and I'm old school that way, and that's you know one of those old school complaints you really can't complain about anymore. Mark Morehouse joining us from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, uh, a name that I continue, it's hard to get a lot of buzz with everything going on inside the football program, dealing with COVID, but a name I've heard a couple of different times bandied about is Logan Lee. You talked about the defensive line generating a pass rush. Lee probably going to be one of those inside guys, a defensive tackle, adding to the depth, but a guy that is talked about a whole lot. What can you tell us about Logan Lee? I I, well, I really like his attitude. I mean, he's one of those guys. He, you know, it's a process when a guy sees him sees himself as a tight end. Sometimes he needs to be talked into. I mean, Robert Gallery caught four passes yeah. or five passes in his Iowa career. <laughs> Sometimes they need to be you know see the the, right. the, the idea of playing inside. Um, but Logan Lee didn't need that. I mean, he and he he signed as a tight end. Uh, they switched to defensive line in, in high school, and he said, "Yeah, let's do it." 
maybe he knew something they, you know, maybe he wanted to do that. Um, seems comfortable there. He showed up in camp last year. I think he played inside and was getting second team reps uh, on kids day. But I do think he has some inside-outside potential. Uh, I kind of like him as a defensive end. I, I think this. I think he and Jack Wagner maybe kind of become mm. uh, maybe a little quicker rush package. I think if Jack slides in front. Jack's a big dude. I mean, Jack's a big rig. Uh, 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 what, uh, 270? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, John Wagner, my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Wagner was on a, a soap in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I sorry about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Wagner. Um I think both those guys have some flippability, and I don't know if that's a word or not, but I think both those guys can play end or tackle, and I think that flexibility makes the defensive line pretty interesting. Um, if Jack or if John is, a, you know, if he's Jack. faster on the inside than a, than a, than a guard, then that hey, that's you know, that's he maybe could be part of the uh, you know the four defensive end type package that they've used to get to the pass to get to the quarterback last few years, so. Yeah, I think those two guys are very interesting. Logan Lee, I, that's a great question, and I think he uh, consummate teammate. Uh, he's he he goes where the coaches tell him to, and that's that's really a huge important thing when you're trying to figure out what what a guy is. Hmm. Mark Trent brought up something early in the show, and and I I just assumed that the uh, the the ten game conference only schedule was a thing, uh, and while that's certainly being talked about, I it's not set in stone by any means that. It was thrown out there, maybe by media, and everybody picked up on it. And you know, look, it makes sense. Let's get ten games, double-digit games, but not necessarily going to be uh, the path that is taken. When do you know what path will be taken? Any ideas as to, you know, if, if I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think Ferrance or anybody in Iowa knows when the schedule is going to land in their email inbox. Uh, when do you anticipate? I think it's going to be very soon. Uh, I think it's time. I think in the next. I saw Greg Sankey. Uh, College Football Live is back. Uh, yeah, watched that last couple nights ago. <laughs> that that is a that is a lifeline yep. for some of us out there who are junkies of the game. Um, uh, last night I saw them talking about uh, that, and I'm not sure. Uh, I want to say it's this week. I want to say it's very soon. But I saw Greg Sankey talking last night, and I think that he said in the next week. The next week is very important. So I think what you're going to see is probably. There's going to be some time, I think, to be bought now that they have, uh, what, four weeks if you ring out the buys. I think this is a two-buy year. Was it? Yeah, I think it was a two-buy year. Mm -hmm. And uh, you take out the conference game. So I think you have some time now. So I I could see eight to ten games happening. I think they'll have a ten-game schedule. But in reality, I think, you know, there's going to be some – you're going to push the season back. You're going to – September is going to be the slack month where, okay, numbers aren't great. Then they push it back, and I think toward the end of September, maybe the numbers have a chance to come back, and there has a there's a chance to have football probably without fans or probably with really. I, I know I saw I've seen a bunch of uh, 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 plans come out for for fans in the stands this week. Uh, some of them are pretty aggressive. Some of them aren't. Uh, I think I saw some Texas at fifty percent. Um, some are at fifteen, ten. I think Iowa is at twenty right now. So. Uh, that that'll that'll be all interesting, and they have to have something. In, I think in the next week for sure that uh, uh, that that lets them start the decision making process, and then you know stuff has to happen before they can get to the field too. Plan earlier today from the Pac-12. This from the Mercury News saying that they're going to feature a mid-September start. I asked this question again to end last hour. Does Iowa play a football game on September fifth? Do we see them then, or 
Is it a wait until that first scheduled game that they had in the Big Ten with Minnesota a couple weeks later? I think that'll be it, Trent. I think uh, I think it'll be when the Big Ten season was supposed to start. And I think what second week this year was it Rutgers early on? I uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Uh, I think there was a Rutgers game that came in early, but I don't know. I I, I don't know if Rutgers is going to have football yeah. just because uh, where they where they are. But anyway, uh, I, I think Trent will be pushed back, and uh, I, I could see the September twenties. As a as a start, but that's that's just me guessing and just me kind of looking at the numbers and going, okay, it feels like to me September fifth is lost, but well, uh, I'm and, not the guy who makes that decision. And, and Mark, remember there were two scheduled games for Week One in the Big Ten this year: yeah. Northwestern, Michigan State, Purdue, and, and Nebraska. Purdue, Nebraska yeah. were scheduled in Week yeah. One, and do you push those back? Boy, it's a mess, and you can understand. You know, it sounded like we were going to get a schedule within a week here from the Big Ten. You can understand why it's taken a little bit longer. Yeah, totally. And uh, I, I think fans are showing patience. And I think you have to because of the uncertainty. But uh, I, I don't fault anybody in the Big Ten or anybody Iowa for being deliberate here just because you don't know. And, and, and to make a plan and to throw out hope, uh, it, it's, it's a tricky thing right now. I don't think anybody wants to take stuff back. And so being deliberate in the decision, being definitive, uh, I just think the smartest thing right now is, is okay, September 5th, you know, make a decision on that. I think that's a great place to start, Trent. Make a decision on September 5th and then just go from there week to week. Um, obviously, I think games peel off then. You know, maybe 10 games goes down to eight, maybe six, who knows. But uh, I, I think the safety part with college is such a different sort of element than the pros. And I think we're seeing that, you know, the pros, you know, NBA can spend billions on NBA City in Florida, the NHL is going up to Canada. Uh, baseball, you guys are seeing baseball right now. Uh, they they're professional athletes. Uh, they, they they don't play under an amateur model. So I think that's a really hard thing for college to deal with right now. And uh, I still think there can be football without students on campus, but I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's what colleges will ultimately want. Hmm. Do you think that the um, I'm sure ESPN is heavily involved in the television networks are heavily involved in this. Might we see more flexibility schedule wise? I mean, if there's no fans coming to these games, that was obviously a huge concern that they couldn't. You know, they've already sold tickets. Everybody knows that the game was on Saturday. weren't sure if it was eleven or two thirty or six or seven or whatever. But since there's no fans coming, I'm not saying that they're going to play a Tuesday night in November because Maction's not on. But could you see maybe some Fridays? Uh, ESPN was supposed to have a game. I don't know. Colorado State was playing somebody, and they're, they're not playing this year. Might they move some Power 5 games that normally would have taken place on a Saturday to a Friday just to fill those slots and to keep the cash register ringing? Yeah, I think I, I think I think I talked to Bart about this maybe a month ago or, or maybe yeah, maybe before that, but the emphasis with TV partners uh, with, the, with the universities and the tel- and the TV, uh, ESPN, Fox, basically, um, they're they're partners, and they and uh, no matter what the offering from college football will be this year, there'll be normalcy eventually, hopefully in 2021, um, and, and TV is going to want that back. I mean, so they're they're uh, they're not really forcing, or they, I don't think that that's really something on the on television's menu but you're right ken i think they just kind of want to fit games in and, and there could be some real creativity as far as tuesday and the day of the week 
goes because, you know, if you look at you no know, fans, well, that opens up Thursday night yeah. at Kinnick Stadium because uh, the hospital, you know, the diminished uh, people going there. Uh, I guess probably not. I mean, the hospital has a constant demand, but sadly, yep. the, the, there's the stadium will be empty. You know, mm-hmm. the stadium will be mostly empty, and so uh, probably 20% at the most. Um, so then it becomes doable. So I, I think there can be some creativity with night. But uh, TV, as far as TV goes, it's partnership, and uh, the, when things are normal again, TV is going to want that uh, that content from colleges, and so they they have to work together in that. No doubt about it. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Seattle's nickname is going to be what? They're going to announce their NHL team here in, in a half an hour. Um, I kind of like I, I kind of like uh, Leviathans, uh, or somebody said the Kraken. Saw the Kraken. I, I, like, yeah. I kind of like that too. <laughs> uh, we'll It'll be some big monster, I hope. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Maybe don't. I, I saw some uniforms that looked like the. Maybe you tweeted like the old Whalers uniform. Still yeah, one of the best uniforms in the sport. Fun. I agree. The, the color, the green. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm with you. Yeah, saw them a million times. There's our hockey minute. <laughs> yeah, we we still got some left. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Trent, Trent's got us on the clock. How long? How many games? I'm, the, I'm excited for hockey this year. Oh, maybe I get more in a minute. Yeah. How many games will the Blackhawks uh, play in Edmonton? Uh, probably one. Well, it's a best of five. I know. I, I don't. I, I think they'll lose at home or something. I don't see them making it. I don't see a two trips to Edmonton unless I know it's the the playoff format is funkier now. But uh, I don't see the Blackhawks getting away from Edmonton. I think Edmonton. One thing that's kind of struck me, Ken, is uh, top twenty. Somebody put out tweeted out their top twenty centers yesterday and Jonathan Taze was not on that really list. Sad. That's pro- that's a problem for that's the That's father time catching up with one of the greatest uh, boy he was so good. True. So so good. Mark, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. You bet guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. We'll take a break, but before we do that, uh, Cakes and Owen iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword happy to 200 200 right now it's your chance to win a thousand dollars happy to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest what's the big 12 up to matt postens covers them for heartland college sports we'll do that nine plus one makes sense balls bullsby's in for he wants all 12 so is the acc and the sec i hope they get their way uh, miller and condon uh, we're going to pick some divisions before we get out of here at noon it's 1460 kx and Owen Wendell's and their families. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Well, since we went to break... The Seattle Kraken is the official name. It is. The Kraken. Color scheme? I don't know if I've seen the the, the Twitter feed is live. Uh-huh. It looks like they're teal and black, maybe. Kind of like the Mariners in some way. All right. They yeah, teal? Gotcha. yeah. They used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle Kraken. The Kraken. The Unleash Kraken. the Kraken. Unleash the Kraken. I hate the expansion because your team always loses a good player. Oh. And there's nothing you can do. <laughs> but every team's in the same boat. Well, you're you're used to losing players up in Winnipeg. Yeah, right. Free agency comes along, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, less money, I don't care. Just get me out. Uh, Matt Postens joins us, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Matt, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? 
Hey, good guys. How are you? Doing well. Looking forward. We got live uh, live uh, week of pro sports tonight. Just to let you know, uh, MLB baseball, as I know you're aware. But it seems like we're getting closer. Maybe not the college football. I still think, Matt, uh, that of the you know the the major sports, the pro sports, and we throw college football in there because it's such a, a revenue generator. But we you know forget sometimes uh, that they're amateurs. That this is the if there is one that they can't pull off, it's clearly this one. Don't you think? Yeah, I think it's one that, from a revenue generation standpoint, they have to pull off. I agree. As we've talked about before, you know, these football programs support a lot of the other athletic programs there on their campuses. I mean, when you consider that the University of Texas generated more than $200 million in athletic revenue last year, not all of that goes to the football program. A lot of that goes to the other programs they support. And, you know, Texas has one of the best swimming and diving programs in the country. Uh, they've got one of the best baseball programs in the country. So uh, those sports very much rely on the money that football generates in order to stay afloat. So, um, you know, as we talked about the last time, you know, scheduling is kind of crazy right now. The San Jose Mercury News just reported that mm-hmm. uh, Pac-12 is eyeing a mid-September launch for their football uh, schedule. Uh, Oregon, I think the other schools are starting to find out what their 10th conference opponent is going to be this year. Um, and then, of course, everybody's bandying about the 8-plus-1 or the 9-plus-1 scheduling model that some of the conferences might have to go to in the next couple of weeks. So if you uh, start to put pen to paper and figure out exactly these plus-1, who everybody's going to get, you have the traditional rivalries, most of them SEC, ACC, that would stay alive in that plus-1 model. But you know what it would mean for a program like Iowa State here, what it would mean for K-State and TCU and the like, if you started matching things up here, is it just way too early in this process to even start thinking that way? Um, it's a little too early in the process, but that's not stopping uh, other athletic directors from doing so. You know, Jeremiah Donati at uh, TCU, they're pushing ahead with a 12-game schedule. I mean, obviously, they're taking they're looking at every contingency. Uh, the Star-Telegram down here in Fort Worth reported yesterday that TCU is probably eyeing a game with UNLV in Las Vegas during that zero week. Huh. Uh, it's not confirmed, but that's kind of what they're leaning toward because UNLV also lost an early game when the Pac-12 decided they go conference only. So TCU and UNLV both lost a game with a Pac-12 opponent early in the season. So it's possible that they might get get together in Las Vegas during that zero week. Also, TCU lost a game with, uh, I think, Prairie View A&M uh, because the uh, SWAC went ahead and uh, shut down their fall sports as well. So they have an open date on September 12th that they're trying to fill. So Donati told the Star-Telegram the other day that they're kind of looking at you know, having a really flexible non-conference, at least right now, where they might actually have two open dates in those first five weeks before they hop into conference play. So everybody's trying to take care of every contingency right now. But you know, I fully expect that in the next couple of weeks, and this could be why the Big 12 pushed their media days back to not this coming Monday but the following Monday, is maybe they're anticipating having a decision made by then about what kind of scheduling model they might adopt. Because I really have a hard time seeing the season start in late August, the way things are going right now. And I've really kind of felt from the very beginning that the moves that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have made have all been designed to kind of buy everybody a little bit more time Mm -hmm. to get 
their ducks in a row so they could actually have some semblance of a football season. So UNLV, then potentially, if we do get 12 games, they would play two Big 12 teams because they're scheduled to come to Ames, I think it's week three, I want to say, Trent, after what was going to be Iowa-Iowa State, I think UNLV the following week. So that the TCU would go to Vegas? I mean, the, the Raiders stadium won't be ready, I don't think. Uh, so they would play it at Sam Boyd, Vegas, in late August? No thanks. No, they're they're talking about playing in in Allegiant. Are they? In, okay. The, yes, they're talking about playing in Allegiant at the new home of the the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So, I think the way that the UNLV schedule was set up to start the season, they were only going to play one game at Sam Boyd, and then they were, were going to play the rest at Allegiant. Okay. So I can't remember which game that was that they were going to play at Sam Boyd, but uh, the report from the Star Telegram noted that they were talking about playing at Allegiant Stadium, which is that new home for the Raiders. Hmm. How do you think uh, Bob Bowlesby has done navigating this, his conference and uh, regarding transparency? I see him out there a lot. Uh, do you get the sense, you know, based in Texas, uh, that Bob Bowlesby has tried to keep any, everybody as up to speed as they possibly can uh, on how they're going to try and pull this off? And I get that the the goalposts have moved; they seemingly move every week, and that's the circumstance. They're in, but how would you grade Bullsby through this? Yeah, I, I think he's done well. I think all the athletic directors, for the most part, in the Power Five have done well. I mean, you know, Greg Sankey was talking the other day about you know the fact that the, you know, going back as far as May, they've always had a schedule in mind in terms of when they need to make decisions in order to make things happen for the football season. You know, Bob has been very present the last couple of months, and you know, as present as he's been. You know, to the media and to everybody else, I would imagine he's been speaking to every university president and every athletic director on a weekly basis because this is this is not what we're used to at this time of the year. Schedules are set. We're you know 40 days from football season. We're kind of gearing up and getting ready to go. And now everybody's trying to figure out if we're going to start in late August. Are we going to start in mid-September? Are we going to do what some other conferences and some of the lower divisions have done and push back to the end of September? I think there's actually one conference in Division Two, the Mountain East. I think they pushed back to October the 1st to start their fall sports. So the, the target keeps moving because everything changes on a daily basis. And I think Bob has probably done about as well as anybody can do, given the circumstances. They're trying to balance the safety of players and fans with the fact that they really do need to play football from a financial standpoint. Talking Big 12 football here with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Matt, uh, from there, are we finally, if we get this plus one model, the scheduling gods are going to come down. You're in Texas, and we'll finally get Texas, Texas A&M back on the mm-hmm. schedule. <laughs> That'd be nice. The only problem with that is Texas has a non-conference game with LSU, and I think all things considered, Texas yeah. would want to keep that game with LSU. Right. That, that's yeah. why when you hear the nine plus one, you kind of hear maybe the Big 12 aligning with the SEC mm-hmm. because there are a couple of teams in the Big 12 that have SEC games scheduled this year, including Texas. So, yeah, that would be a great pipe dream to have, to, to finally just pair up Texas and Texas A&M in a non-conference game. But I think that if they were to pair with the SEC in some sort of 9-plus-1 model, I think Texas would want to keep that game with LSU. Yeah. Tennessee, Oklahoma also on the schedule, and Baylor Ole Miss. Are they? Are the yeah. SEC Big 12 matchups? So there goes your Tennessee-Iowa State yeah, game. We're going to have to find another one it's for Missouri, the It's Missouri-Iowa State. It's Missouri. Yeah. Bring back the telephone trophy. Bring back the telephone trophy, indeed. Uh, Matt Poston's Heartland <laughs> College Sport. Matt, uh, the college uh, football, the yearbook is out. I want to make sure that, because uh, last time we had you on, and I know you're really proud of it, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, but your uh, College Football America yearbook is out, correct? 
Yeah, it's out. Uh, it's got uh, North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance on the cover. Um, we've sales have been very strong the first uh, few weeks since the book's been out. Uh, you can find it at Amazon. Uh, you can find it at BarnesandNoble.com, and you can also find it on Target.com. Uh, it popped up with a new retailer this year, so three different places you can get the book uh, online. Uh, you can just go order it uh, there. Like I said, Trey Lance is on the cover. He's one of the best quarterbacks yes, he in the country, regardless of the, of the division. But we've also got information on every college football team in the country, including you know Iowa, Iowa State, and you you get into the smaller schools up there, Wartburg, Coe, Upper Iowa and those sorts of schools. Uh, we've got every school in Iowa in there uh, in some way, either with a conference preview, a team capsule, or, or photos and things like that. So uh, if you have the opportunity to, to give it a shot, uh, we, we, we'd love to see you purchase one. Good stuff, Matt Postens. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Postens, talking college sports, a college football, the college football yearbook. Mike Tyson's coming back. Oh, yeah, he's fighting. Who? It was Holyfield, wasn't it? <laughs> Not again. Yeah, I Is think so. Really? Yeah, I thought so. At least that was a speculation weeks and weeks ago when I first saw that. Well, I saw him training not too many weeks ago. He's like shadow boxing with somebody. Oh, he's got Roy Jones Jr. What? Yeah. September 12th in L.A. Is it a pay-per-view event? Is that oh, what it, it is? It has to be. It has to be, right? You going to pay for that one? No, I'm not going to pay for that one. <laughs> not going to do it for you? What how if there's did, no football on September 12th? Then maybe. Um, how did he ever lose? Tyson? Tyson. Well, he's get, a beast. I mean, he's a freak. He got sent to prison for a couple well, of years. Well, I get that point, but you get him in the ring early in his career. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. They didn't last long. They didn't. You want to be in your seat by the you know, the fight <laughs> yeah. starts because Leon Spinks. Oh my gosh, some of those fights of his, he was such. I thought he was unstoppable. I really. Uh, what was his trainer's name? Customato. Um, unbelievable. So Tyson's coming back. Roy Jones Jr. September twelfth. Get your tickets early or not. We're going to pick some college. Some not college. College football on the brain should have MLB on the brain. We're going to pick. Some MLB division winners. Division winners are pretty easy for the most part. So what do you want to do? Well, we got to make sure. Let's get our wild card picks in there. Yeah, The two wild cards. So we'll get the 10 teams as a playoff sit right now. Mm -hmm. Still could change, which is crazy. Yeah, by by, by lunch it could change. Right. And World Series, put it down there. Who you got in the World Series? I'm not going to pick the Yankees and the Dodgers. Not going to do it, huh? Everybody else is. Let's get Mark in here. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, I, I heard there is a Tyson Hollyfield rematch coming up. Um, I've got my ear to the ground on that one. <laughs> yeah, right. You've been working on that I, one? <laughs> it's weak. It's weak. I know. Thanks, Mark. See you later. Love you guys. Thank you, buddy. Good. Yeah, it's funny. Ear to the ground. Las Vegas. Bit his ear. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Come back and um, playoff teams. On record? Playoff teams. We'll get the 10. Okay, you're gonna pick any non? Yeah, you you don't you're not well, you won't be all favorites. I won't be. I won't be chalky here. All right, we'll find out next as we take you until noon. Murph and Andy coming up at two. The Fanatics at four on fourteen sixty KXNO and one oh lawfirm dot com. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and now on one oh six point three FM. Feeling good. Hey, feeling good. Like I 
summer hit. It is. Whereabouts? Everywhere. Where you been? Not in the Miller house. Not nakedy. Who is this? Uh, this is Surfaces. A couple of kids from Texas A&M. Okay. My daughter really likes this one. She does. Dad likes this one. Okay. Gets the foot tapping. Sounds like you put, you're drawing from the Fanatics uh, list of bumps. No, no, not at all. Okay. No, no. This this is a TC. I think I'm the only one playing this. You are here. the only one. I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping for the sake of the station. Let's go on record, Trent. Let's pick some divisions. Pick some playoff teams. We've got ten of them. We're going to go with ten of them. They've still got six hours to hammer out an agreement to expand the playoffs. They want to. It seems like it's. Should have been done when they hammered out the original agreement, but this is Rob Manfred we're speaking mm, of. Very true. Um, let's start in the American League East. You want to start there? Yeah, let's go with the Yankees. I'm not going off the board with this one. I anticipate you're not either. I am going off the board. Give me the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. I'm going to take All the Rays right. to pull a major upset. Charlie Morton and Blake Snell and Glassnow. And... See, Baxton's a really nice player. Uh, Garrett Cole at the top of the Yankee rotation is legit, but Tanaka's out. Mm-hmm. Jay Happ, what's he got left? Paxton's, I like Paxton. They're going to score a ton of runs, but I'm going to take the race. I'm going off the board. Still a great bullpen on top of it for the Yankees, even if that staff. But but Aroldis Chapman's out. That's true. And uh, how long and what, how debilitating things going to be for him. All right, so we differ in the East. Do we differ in the Central? Yes. You know where I'm going. I do. And I know where you're going. You do. Your beloved Chicago White Sox. I'm on the bandwagon, Trent. You're, look, the Twins are going to be tough. There's no if ands, or buts. They're going to score a million runs. I watched that lineup last night uh, with a great deal of envy. Uh, <laughs> that is unbelievable. They really are. But give me uh, the Dallas Keuchel thing has is, is moved me past the Twins. Give me the White Sox. In that division. I'm going to be a homer here, go with the Twins. You know, I'm normally not the most optimistic of fans, Mm -hmm. regardless of uh, the teams that I root for. I'm optimistic with this team, though. I think they're going to be really, really good. Let's go out west. The Houston Astros reside there. They're the betting favorite. I'm going off the board, though. Taking the A's? I'm going Oakland. Uh, You know what? It's, It's clearly, I think it's between those two teams. I'll take chalk in this one. All right. Give me give me the Astros, but I, your Oakland's a good pick. Oakland is a very good pick. The, the, as we move to the National League East, I think this is the most wide-open division. I really do. It is. I think you can make a compelling uh-huh. case for four teams, everybody short of the Marlins in this division. I went with the favorite, though. The betting favorite is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Going to go with them after the Nats won me a little money last year. We're going to go back to ATL for me. You know, are we all overlooking the defending champs? Maybe. For that reason, I'll take the defending champs. Going hey, look, Washington. I like this Atlanta team. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting pitching. It's young. Natty's uh, been there, done that. It's tough to repeat, but I will take them to win the East. In the National League Central, you have been on this team since February. Mm-hmm. I've been, I'm not jumping off them. I'll take the Reds. Cincinnati there. I told you... Me a small wager on Milwaukee. For our purposes, I'll do that here also. You can get them a four to one to win in the division. I think I don't think there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. the teams. I still maybe would power rank them fourth, but being in that it is so tight, Christian Yelich can throw the team on his back for mm, yep. a couple of weeks. 
Give me the two the MVP from two years ago and the Milwaukee Brewers to win the division. You know, I was encouraged last night watching John Lester, and I know his final spring training. You want to look good in your final spring training tune-up. I thought Lester did, mm-hmm. at least early on. Um, he had his you know his moments where he's up 0-2 and he misses and he throws a mistake and it almost leaves the ballpark. Uh, but I thought Lester was was good. I just I don't know. I just don't feel it for the Cubs this year. You've got the Brew Crew. I'll take the Reds uh, to the West. Easy. Yeah, they're minus seven hundred to win the division. It's the Dodgers. Well, what's their what's their win total? Forty one and a half. Is it? No, it's not that high. It's, it's thirty eight and a half. Both them and the Yankees had the highest. Trent, that's almost like a gift. I, I, I think kind of feels that way. I know. I'm not saying the Yankees will win thirty eight games, but I still like this Dodgers team too. Forty one, forty two. I think so. I, that's something that I certainly honed in on. And the Padres are they ready yet to make that jump? Close. I, I think that the D backs are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Giants are going to be bad this mm-hmm. season, and, and the pieces they're going to be selling off. So that's kind of when you look at Rockies. Rockies, it feels like it's hard to always get a good read on that team. Yeah, it is. Uh, one of the better players in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Arenado at third base is. Means a star. All right, let's. So we've got uh, we've got what two other teams in each league to pick as far as a playoff. Yes, the, the wild card game. The wild card game. I have Houston still getting in. Okay. The Oakland taking the division, facing the Cleveland Indians. The Indians. Huh? You're gonna not. Rec- you're gonna go back. Going one more back time. with the the star again here. Milwaukee probably not the deepest team. Still going with Yelich. Going with Lindor here, and not the deepest team around him in Cleveland. Sixty game schedule. Give me the star in the short run. Well, you've seen this before, and you didn't like it any time you've seen it before. I've got the Twins and the Yankees in the wild card game. Oh, <laughs> Maybe it would often be better. Maybe. It can't be worse than what they've had in the actual uh-huh. three, five, seven-game uh, series. It has been hideous. Oh, uh, Cole, Cole Barrios? Cole Barrios. All right. You take your chances, right? I'll take, in one I'll take game. the over. There's going to be yeah. a lot of run scored, you think, even with that starting pitching. I think both of those teams are going to score a boatload of runs. Uh, in the National League, the wild card is going to be played between... <sighs> this is tough for me. Death, taxes. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals in the playoffs. Yeah. And the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Phillies. Well, I agree with you. I also had the Cardinals getting in. But I have them facing the Diamondbacks. I like that squad, so I'm going to go with the D-backs. Of course, Madison Bumgarner there. A couple other moves that they made. Signed up a couple of their young stars to those very team-friendly, longer deals. I met among them. So going to go with Arizona here in that spot. But we get baseball tonight. Well, as you said to start the show, though, it sounds like Washington, it's ominous as far as the rain. It is, yeah. Looked at that. Well, it was a couple of, almost two hours ago. Let's see if we got any updates in Washington, D.C. weather. Uh, let's go through here and look at that precipitation forecast. It's dropped a little bit. Good. Dropped a little bit. Still an under 50% by the time we get to So it'll be o'clock. 7 o'clock Eastern. Yes. And uh, yeah, this is their time. So I think things might have passed. Good. So let's, let's be hopeful. Right. We're 2020 owes us one fact. Hopefully we get two of them tonight. Who's starting for the Dodge? Uh, uh, Kershaw. Uh, Cueto is that the it is Johnny Cueto? Johnny yep. Cueto versus Kershaw tonight. I, I'm surprised that uh, uh, Bueller didn't get the start. I, yeah, but Kershaw hard to go wrong, right? Right, and he's been the face. he's earned it. Yes, I totally agree with you. We've earned it. <laughs> we collectively, as a uh, group of sports fans in this country, have earned it. So let's get a reliever somewhat early in the game, so we can see the and with nobody out. 
couple runners on, nobody out. Oh, you want to see that? I want to see that. Yeah, you want to see, see an game extra inning game. Yep, I want to see the tenth inning and have the run. I want to have everything. I want to come in here tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. ten o'clock, and talk baseball, talk strategy. It is. Ken, I've told you this before. I have so many people. How do you talk baseball on a day to day basis? Easy. It's so easy. Watch the games. It, it's it's so much easier than actually football. It's easier than basketball. It's easier than hockey. Baseball, when you talk about the nuances inside the game, it's so easy to second guess all these little decisions. And that's what, to me, what makes a great talk of baseball. There will be sports talkers all across the country tomorrow that maybe have never talked baseball on their show because it's boring on the radio. Yeah, yeah. They will be full speed ahead talking baseball on their shows today. And tomorrow, Trent, we made it, dude. I gave us very little chance to get through this. Well, I never anticipated that this was going to be nearly four and a half months that we were going to be without major sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had things. We, we've had. There was a pool inside the building. What month you and I would call it a career? I, I think May was the betting favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, couldn't get May. That went first. <laughs> it, it did. What are those two guys going to talk about? Right. We did it. Yeah, baby. we made it. And there was so many stories that were out there. Yeah, we did those other are. things. We. Of course, uh, helped out the restaurants restaurants mm-hmm. across Central Iowa. That was your idea, and it was an absolute great one. I Love think to do 98 that. Ninety-eight restaurants. And, Is that what it was? And like nine small businesses, we put on the air to tell us their story. And mm-hmm. glad that we were able to do that. And some of the other stuff that we did with um, uh, the Food Bank of Iowa will continue to help Michelle Book and the uh, crew over there, and the, uh, the uh, Life Serve Blood Support, those things, and of course the farmers markets that are going on. Speaking of which. It's Thursday. I know Valley Junction is... There's two of them. Valley Junction tonight. I want to make sure I get the other one. Global Greens goes on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Bondurant was last night. Uh, Grimes. Grimes. Grimes and the um, Valley Junction Farmers Markets tonight. NCMIC asks us to do that, and we will for them as they are very good to us. World Series pick. (sighs) White Sox. Oh, boy. Dodgers. White Sox Dodgers with LAD winning it? Yeah. I got Twins. I'm going Homer. Good for you. Twins, Dodgers, and the Twins, they get them back for that loss in the 50s of the World Series. See you tomorrow. 1460.